This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there. How's your day been? Yeah, mine's probably been the same. But seeing as you have bothered to go to your podcast provider and choose this podcast to listen to, I guess I'd better expand on the day at hand. So this is what I've found interesting in the last day or so. This is the Almanac Report on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. G'day there and thanks for tuning in once again to another episode of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Now, currently I'm not in the Metal Cavern. I'm currently wandering around the house on this wonderful Saturday morning doing the cleaning. Now, why am I doing the cleaning? I am the man of the house, surely, in this day and age. It should be upon the woman of the house or the kids of the house to do this kind of stuff and allow me to sit down and watch MLB strike Zane in peace. Well, no, this is not the case because the kids, being 20 past nine in the morning on the Saturday, are still in bed and probably not likely to come until the afternoon. And the wife, well, she's gone away for the weekend, hasn't she? Off to the big smoke to see, uh, what is it, Moulin Rouge, the musical. Now, doesn't that sound exciting? I think I would rather have my testicles put in a coffee grinder than be forced to go and see Moulin Rouge, the musical. So it is my duty, once again, to clean the kitchen, done. Uh, put the dishwasher on, done. Put the washing on, done. Do the vacuuming, that's next. And basically, transport my two children around all weekend to various parties, work, or Rue Theatre. So, an exciting weekend for the man of the house, while the lady of the house gets to go away for the weekend. So there you go, that's uh, my little intro for this episode. And it would come back to bite me in the ass if my wife ever listened to any of my podcasts. But as she doesn't, I can pretty much get away with anything. (laughs) We'll see. So what's on today's program? Well, I don't really know. There was a bit of footy on last night. We can discuss that next, just to see what we have thoughts of in the semi-finals that were played last night and the semi-finals that are to come today. Apart from that, it's pretty quiet at the moment, isn't it? We're just between seasons and there's not enough cricket on, unless you're watching the European cricket, which is fantastic. It makes you believe that even as a 53-year-old broken down has-been, you can still play cricket at an international level if I can somehow find a way to get an international passport. Anyway, enough of me rambling on as I walk around the house. Let's get stuck into today's edition of Thoughts from the Metal Cabin. The beauty of having two TVs in the Metal Cabin is the fact that I can watch two sports at exactly the same time. It's a bit of a problem when there's more than two on at the same time that you want to watch, and that's when the uh, tablet comes into play, or the computer monitor comes into play, or the phone has to come into play. And that's actually what happened last night when I had three very interesting things going on at the same time. 
Now, we watched uh, the AFL last night, for anyone who's into the AFL, and we had the first qualifying final between the minor premiers, Geelong, and the perennial top four team, the Brisbane Lions. And a quarter time, and just into the second quarter, actually, when Brisbane kicked that first goal, the game was fairly even, but Brisbane ha- were not taking advantage of the chance they had. And Geelong were kicking... How many How many behinds did Tom Hawkins kick last night? That was ridiculous. I can't believe how many he missed from dead in front. Maybe he's saving them all up for next weekend, which would be a terrible thing. Because as it turns out, Geelong then went away with the game. Oh, and the game was pretty much over before half-time. Uh, and should have been well and truly over before half-time if uh, Dangerfield had kicked his goal from in front. Uh, Gary Rowan had kicked one that he missed from in front and like I said Tom Hawkins missed about four from in front so there was a feeling of inevitability I guess about the game moving into the second half the final score with uh, Geelong winning by almost 80 points is well it's a testament to Geelong's season and they really have been as it turns out the best team all year. I guess at around about around eight or nine, I think when everyone was saying, and myself included, don't get me wrong, that Melbourne could go through this whole season undefeated. They look so good. And Geelong just kept plodding along there on the outer. And once again, everyone sort of thinks that uh, as if last year where they'd gone out of the finals again before making the grand final, and we all thought, oh, well, here's another year Geelong can't seem to win that first semi-final. And they're going to have to do something. But you look at their forward line and their amazing team they've got. It is by far, on paper, the best team in the competition. And that forward line with Hawkins up there and Gary Rowan and Jeremy Cameron, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And just to be able to try and mark one of them, let alone all three of them, is just so difficult. And that's why they've won whatever it is, 13, 14, 15 games straight this season. They are a team beyond. Now, two weeks ago, they got a scare from Collingwood, who were able to stick with them until the last few minutes. But last night, they just ran roughshod over Brisbane. And in the long run, you just had to feel sorry for the Lions, uh, I guess, unless you don't like the Lions. So Geelong go into the grand final next weekend. They will, Whoever they play, whether it's the Swans or whether it's Collingwood, they will be the hottest of favourites and you will not be able to get on them. And to be honest, much like the Rugby League, they deserve to win the comp this year. They've been the best team throughout. Uh, And unless you absolutely hate a team, then you should probably always hope that the team that has shown to be the dominant team all year deserves to win the grand final. And you'd (laughs) you'd have to say that something really untoward would have to happen for Geelong not to win this year. Now, for Brisbane, going into next year, what do they do? They've had several years where they've uh, finished fourth or fifth um, and have been unable to make a grand final, despite some really good years. And has their, I suppose, what what will be asked this week, we were saying, well, has their premiership window closed? I'm not a big uh, fan of the old premiership window theory. I mean... Look at Geelong for the last 10 years, the number of times that they've only made the grand final once before this year in that 10 years. 
but they've always made finals and they've always been competitive. And sooner or later you break through, like they did two years ago to get to the grand final and they weren't good enough on that day. And then they've done it again this year and they will be well and truly good enough to do it this year. For Brisbane though, they've probably got to try and find something or someone who can just lift that to me. I'm sure they all thought that Joe Danaher was going to be that guy when they signed him. Uh, it hasn't probably proven to be the case. And you look at the way Geelong recruit, bringing in Cameron, bringing in Gary Rowan, uh, all these guys, Isaac Smith, all these guys they've brought in over the last few years somehow. Don't ask me how they get them in into the team under the salary cap and uh, through the trade and drafting situation they have. I don't know how all that works in the AFL. But they've been able to do it, so they keep themselves relevant, I guess, and in the question now, can Brisbane do that? And do they have the desire to do it? And they'll start asking, is the coach the right person to be there? Well, the coach is the right person at Geelong because they've done the same thing. They just need to find maybe just that one game breaker that can really change it up for them. Anyhow, that's for them for the rest of the uh, off-season. And now Geelong have a little rest until next Saturday. Well, despite all of the uh, media coverage that came out this week, heaping pressure on uh, Parramatta, saying that they haven't won a final in a thousand years, the continued uh, use of the they haven't won a grand final for the longest time of any team, apart from the Titans, of course, uh, that, you know, 86 was the last time they won a grand final and that, you know, Parramatta have to do something and... And then we came out with the, the leaked report from the club <laughs> on the Friday uh, in order to try and, I don't know, I don't, what, why is there so much conjecture between the media throwing it all on the eels as to saying that they must do this and they must do that, and by the fans of other clubs who continue to rub it in that Parramatta haven't either won a grand final or made a grand final or won a final for you know however many years it is, rather than looking in their own backyard. Anyway, it was always fairly obvious, I would have thought, to anyone who watched rugby league, that Parramatta should have won this game by 20-plus points. They'd finished in the top four, they'd beaten Penrith twice in the year, they'd beaten Melbourne, they'd beaten all the other top sides... Uh, and even though they had their downtimes uh, and that they were run over in the second half last week against Penrith, their year was so much better than Canberra's that, and their team really had performed so much better than Canberra that they should have won by a large margin. And as it turns out, that's exactly what happened. They ran away with it in the first half, got to a 22-0 lead, let in a soft try before halftime, to lead 22-4. to four. They then weathered the storm in the second half that the Raiders threw at them and eventually broke away to win 40-4. to four. Which, you know, uh, as much as I'm sure Canberra fans would like to say that the two teams weren't that far apart, eh, I think that they were. And although the Raiders didn't play well this week, and that's unfortunate, they, you know, and this is what... Parramatta have done in the past you've had to put in such a big effort in that first week to either win or lose that 
come the second week, you've just left everything on the field the previous week. You've got nothing left in the tank. And the Raiders were a bit like that last night. They tried hard, but they just couldn't find a way to get through the Eels' defence. The Eels were quite magnificent in attack once again. And when they are on fire in attack, they are the best team in the comp to watch. And it's their defence that fell down last week against Penrith, and it's their defence that uh, has been in question in the past as to whether they can go forward and win or make a grand final first and then win a grand final. Well, we're going to find out next week against the Cowboys because that's going to be a terrific game. And the Cowboys will be ready. They got through their 93-minute thriller against Cronulla last week. So they will have enjoyed the week off and the rest. But does the occasion become too big for the Cowboys next week? And do we now see the media this week throwing the pressure on the Cowboys being the team that have to stand up and win this game or else their season is a dead loss, which is what usually happens to Parramatta every year when they get to finals. So the hoodoo's off the back. The Earls have won a final. Now they have to go ahead and try and beat the Cowboys up there in Townsville next week. And if they don't, then the same questions will be asked. And if they do, then the same questions will be asked when they get to the grand final again anyway, because it's just unrelenting if you're a Parramatta supporter. No doubt they will um, try to put out of their minds everything that happened this week, and Brad Arthur and the players will be looking to uh, find a way to get through the Cowboys, who have been impressive this year, coming from the position they were last year on the table, which was down near the bottom, and they've found a way to make the preliminary final again this year. And their team has come together really well, and Todd Payton has coached them really well, and they will be hoping that they can continue that. And there's no doubt that they will be using the crowd as a main source of influence in doing that. For Canberra, well, you have to admit that all the injuries they had at the start of the season uh, and the start they had to the season as a result of that, no one expected them to make finals. And they had to have everything go right for them to make the finals in the first place. They had to win their last four games. And they had to hope that Brisbane pretty much fell over. And somehow that worked out for them. And then they were able to beat Melbourne in Melbourne. So that worked for them. But their finish is about where you would have expected they could go. If they'd, if they'd happened to beat Parramatta, um, I think that would have been unfair on both teams in many respects. But they'll go into next season hoping that they can hold on to their star players like uh, Joseph Tarpany and that they can continue to rebuild with their youth, and if their coach can keep his mouth shut. Anyway, on to next weekend, and we'll see how the Cowboys and the Eels can match up in that match. So the third screen I was using last night had... The European Cricket Championships on. Now, I know that there'll be a lot of people who have no idea what I'm talking about. And only those who have Fox and Fox Cricket Channel would probably understand the joy that the European Cricket Championships bring each year. I think I started watching this about three years ago, and that might have been when it was uh, the inception date. And it's played on the same ground every year, and it's played over... Four weeks, I think, 
maybe five. And each week there are a different set of five teams. So this is an international competition. It's a T10 competition, which makes it very enjoyable. Ten overs aside, uh, and countries like uh, the Czech Republic and Portugal and Spain all played this week, as well as an Ireland 11, which, um, you know, that doesn't sit well with me, but I'll come to that in a second. So all of these teams play all through the week. Everyone plays each other twice, so that you have eight games. And then on the finals day, which is the, the Friday, the top two square off against each other. The winner goes straight through to the final, and the second goes into uh, a second semi. Third and fourth play each other, the loser's out, and third place goes on to play the loser of that first game, and the winner of that game goes into the final, and then they have the final. Uh, and all the games follow each other, and <laughs> it's... It's fascinating to watch. 7.30 till 3.30 in the morning. Uh, and it's played on an AstroTurf wicket. Now, this year's wicket, they've obviously got some money because it looks like it's been relayed. It's got plenty of bounce. And it looks superb. I wish we had wickets like that down here on the south coast because it just looks fantastic. The ground's only small. It's surrounded by plants and hills. And, uh, so... There's lots of sixes and lots of boundaries. The bowling is uh, of, a, let me say, an average standard in general. And the batting, uh, they're just sloggers. And that's all it is. Well, we're just trying to hit every ball for six. <laughs> and what it does for me, more than anything else, firstly, it's great to see all these countries being able to play in this tournament against each other. And most of them are all of Indian or Pakistan heritage and uh as you look at some of the names like um who was it last night was it portugal or was it uh czechoslovakia could have been the czech republic but i had two players who were playing who were called junaid khan and imran khan and of course both those namesakes played for pakistan a long time ago and uh it was funny for me because i just kept saying oh imran khan he's gone for 40 off two overs well done imran khan Anyway, uh, so we have uh, these games being played on a round robin. So all of these guys get... Uh, it is an international exposure because it's actually shown all around the world. And these guys get to play for their country of where they now are. And it's an international tournament. And it's great to watch. It's hilarious. It's fun. But what it does most is it makes you believe that a 53-year-old broken down has been if only he had a passport for Portugal or for the Czech Republic or any of the countries over there, the Netherlands could still play international cricket because if you watch it and you watch the way that the batters bat, the way that the bowlers bowl, and certainly the way the field is field, you would reckon that you could get out there yourself and play. And I'm very much of the opinion that a Kiama 11 in the European Cricket Championships much like with uh, the Eurovision contest every year, Australia somehow has an entrant in the Eurovision. Well, maybe it's time to get a Kiama 11 into the European Cricket Championships and just see how we'd go, because I think that would be hilarious. For those of you who haven't been watching, check it out again from Monday on Fox Cricket from 7.30pm. It's well worth a look.
well, the dishwasher has dishwashed. Uh, the clothes washer has clothes washed. The vacuuming needs to be done. I've done my 6,000 steps uh, to get through the morning. And I think it's also time for coffee. So for everyone who's tuned in to this episode, thank you once again. Uh, of course, remember to pass it on to all of your friends and colleagues. I'm sure they would all be fascinated to hear what I have to say um, about absolutely nothing. And uh, as always, I hope that you'll return for the next episode of Thoughts from the Middle Cavern. Cheers. That's all for today's edition of the Almanac Report. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll come back and check out further episodes down the track, right here on the podcast, Thoughts for the Middle Cabin. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.